Chapter 4 Smetna and Theresienstadt Herman creaked open the closet door, and he took a hesitant step into the gendarmerie office, where he saw Klaus glaring at him with his arms crossed. He saw, too, that the man was struggling to stay awake. He looked as if he might fall asleep on his feet. There's no star, Herman told him, while pointing to the chest pocket of his jacket. It be gratuitous on you, Klaus told him back. Without waiting for a reply, Klaus walked over to his black attache case on the floor and picked it up on his way out the door. Harman followed with the two SS troopers following him. They marched into a cold and cloudy and damp morning. It was the kind of day, Herman would say, that you feel like you're swimming through the air. Though this was brightened and warmed a bit, when they entered the center of the camp, which was the town's marketplace back when it was a town. Something resembling a music pavilion had been erected there, and Herman saw Carol Arnschel and his orchestra of fellow inmates preparing to play. Live music, theater, and art were a few of the many things that distinguished Theresienstadt from concentration camps farther east, along with relatively better living conditions and a fleeting notion that you just might survive the war. Though Herman wasn't sure that this made the place any better than the rest, he was even inclined to believe that it made it worse by creating a false sense of tolerableness. He described Arnschild to me as a pale and serious-looking man in his mid-thirties. As he approached him, he recalled how he and Anna had watched him conduct the orchestra at the Prague Free Theatre on Vodichka Street many years earlier. With more than a little surprise, Herman realized that the man looked exactly as how he remembered him. The Nazis could starve him and dehumanize him in every way, but they couldn't alter him. This made Herman realize that, while Klaus can make him look like a clown, it was up to him to decide whether to play the part. Closer, the four men got to the orchestra, and it began to play. It played Betschik Smetna's Viltava, a song that is often known in the English-speaking world as the Moldau, which is the German name of the river. Hermann had heard this song many times in the more than 20 years he lived in the country, including several times in the camp. It was and still is popular because it's more than just some highbrow classical song from a forgotten era. It's one of the country's national songs. In some ways, it's even more of a national song than Where My Home Is, which was and still is the anthem of the country. During my trip to Prague, I often heard Viltava. I even heard it on the plane when we landed. The most famous of a collection of symphonic poems called My Country, which Smetna composed after he had become deaf, Viltava symbolizes the Czech nation's drive toward its destiny. It follows a pair of small springs in the Bohemian countryside that come together and grow into the roaring river that splits Prague in two before careening its way toward the Elbe. While listening to the orchestra perform that morning, Herman recalled all the many people he had known, including his Anna, who had been enraptured by the song and continued being so no matter how many times they had heard it. 
but it never meant anything to him. He always made himself believe that this was because he wasn't Czech, though he knew there was more to it than that. The song, while beautiful and moving, for some reason always seemed a little off to him. It was as if there was something wrong about it that he couldn't place. But this performance would change all this, to the extent that I would come to know this song more than all others, and often find myself humming it whenever I'm in need of comfort that nothing else can bring. I was even humming it on that rainy desert night. The song also helps me remember my grandfather and all the times I watched him listening to it in our living room with the volume turned all the way up. The time in particular I remember was when I was around five, after I had asked him and my grandmother what had happened to my parents. They were hesitant to say a thing, but eventually my grandfather told me that they had died in a car crash. I was too young to really understand this and had no memories of them at all, but still I was sad that day as I sat on the sofa. My grandfather must have noticed this because he tried to pick me up. He marched into the room and turned on the music, and he began conducting it while describing every aspect of it to me. Can you hear the horns, he shouted, with his hand cupped over his ear, as the sounds of the river swept us through a forest. We're coming upon a huntsman. A little later in the song, with the introduction of a gentle polka, he cried out, Now we're at the wedding, and he danced with the peasants along the river bank. Then, during the song's thunderous climax, when the harmonies clashed to capture the waves as they smashed into each other, with his fist raised high above his head, he hollered, The rapids! We're reaching the rapids! Despite all this exuberance, the performance at the camp would always be Herman's favorite. He would swear to me that, as both he and the song propelled themselves forward, he could feel the freezing waters of the Viltava flowing into him and around him while smothering him in its tears. Just as importantly, he could feel the currents pushing him somewhere he couldn't see but was driven to go. Eventually, the foreman reached the orchestra and Ancho, who noticed not only Herman, but those accompanying him. Like the man across from Herman in the barracks the night before, Ancho smiled. He smiled with the same kind of mild and forced smile, and Herman believed that it was for the same reason, because he was to be shot. But this wouldn't happen here, Herman assured himself with his own smile. Nor would it happen in some place like Auschwitz, where they sent people from Theresienstadt all the time. It would be in his hometown, where his honor was, and he'd have no complicity in it at all. This made his smile even stronger, as he knew he could only gain from whatever would happen next. He was still smiling as they approached the camp gate. On the other side was a black and white sign on the archway, which he had seen upon entering the camp all those months earlier and still could see, even from this side of the wall. It read, Arbeit mach frei. Work set you free. Only now could he see its truth, and he began racing toward it. Though he slowed when he began doubting something, a promise he had made. 
not the promise he had made to Anna not to give up, but the one he had made to himself as he left the John Domery closet. There he had promised that he wouldn't put any effort into investigating the murders, and that he would instead shvekavat his way through it. Shvekavat is a very informal Czech verb, and difficult to translate. It derives from the anti-hero of the novel Hermann had mentioned to Klaus, who resisted authority through willful incompetence. It's a word I learned at an early age and would come to particularly experience during my adolescence. Whenever I avoided doing something, I would make only a token effort, which happened all too often in the temperament I was in after learning all the details of this story. My grandfather would always say something like, Stop with all your shvaking, young man. Or, There will be no shvekovani in this house. It's a word that always put a smile on my face, even when I wanted to do anything but smile. It could somehow put a smile on my face on that freezing desert night. This wasn't just because the word sounds funny. It was because of the man who never stopped caring about me, even after I gave him plenty of reasons to. But in the gendarmerie closet that morning, the word had a somewhat different connotation. Herman was saying that he would be just like the good soldier Schweik, and that he would consciously undermine any help he would give the Nazis. The problem was that he now wondered whether this was a promise as hollow as the suit he was wearing.